McNulty stunning for to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to PO4 Cast, episode 171. Well, breaking news, Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley have been sacked by Portsmouth, and we're here to give you our reactions today and who should become the next manager of Portsmouth. Join the podcast today is Wales' seventh biggest fat Pompey fan, Andy Mitchmore. How are you, Andy? Hey, Bunce. I've lost a lot of weight. Thank you very much. I'm down to the ninth biggest fan in Wales now. Yeah, I'm not too bad. I am... Suitably gutted, to be honest. These in, I don't know, this has a very different feel to it, to the last managerial sacking emergency pod, doesn't it? Yeah, feeling uh, pretty low about it all, to be honest, buddy. How are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I think the last one from memory, we did a really classy thing of playing Celebration at the start of it, music-wise. That's not at all how we feel about this, is it? Well, you say we played celebration i think the, the more accurate description is that freddie webb played celebrate good times come on which was fairly heartless uh considering one of our points today is about how we shouldn't be happy that people have lost their jobs but um yeah the feel was very different i also seem to remember that two of us were fairly half cut for most of that recording and as it's twelve forty-five uh in the well, early afternoon on a weekday i'm pleased to say that as far as i know none of us have been drinking yet today so different fight uh different feel to it yeah, not going to lie, I'm still feeling a little shoddy after New Year's celebrations of multiple days in a row. Missed the Charlton game for that reason. Thanks for telling everyone in the stand about that, Freddie, by the way. That information has leaked back to me already via Instagram. So, yep, I, I won't swear right away. So let's keep going. But let's talk about Freddie. Let's bring him in. How are you, Freddie? Hi, I'm not so bad. Um, yeah, shock, shocked was my reaction to the, to the sacking because I think everybody on Twitter said the same thing. They're all. They all backed Danny and Nicky as people. They uh, they liked how they reconnected them back with the football club. But the sad reality is one win in 14 games. And as Jordan Cross puts it, there's been three interest rates hikes, two two prime ministers and two monarchs since Portsmouth last won a, a home game in the league. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sets it up, doesn't it, unfortunately? I think context there, Fred, is important. I mean, a year ago, if you'd said that, it would mean we haven't lost any games for about 77 years. Mm. Or oh, sorry, I had to change a manager for 77 years. A lot's it's happened just, it's been a bit of a mental the home game. <laughs> it's been a bit of a mental six months, eh? Mm. <laughs> all right, so let's get some structure to what we're doing today. So first of all, we're going to talk about just about our reactions generally to Danny Cowley, a bit more what we're doing. And then... We are going to give some options for managers that we think could potentially take over as the next boss of Portsmouth. You know, some ones we think will be good appointments, some we think are not going to be as good appointments. But just to stress, this is our initial reaction. You know, we are less than 24 hours after the news. So 
we really wanted to get some content out to you guys straight away. So there we are. And then we asked you on Twitter, on Insta, for your reactions to the breaking news and also who you think should be the next manager of Portsmouth. And we have got some wild opinions. We've got some, you know, what I would say is possible opinions and some that I'm not as keen on. So thanks to everyone for messaging in. There are a lot of you. So we will try and get to as many as we can whilst we do this on our work lunch breaks, just in case anyone's listening. Thanks, Stu. Who's my boss? Right. Let's get going on this one. Danny Cowley's obviously been relieved of his managerial duties after, was it one win in 14? Yep, exactly. So I'm going to say this first of all, Danny's done a lot of work in the community. He's brought the love back to the football club of that sort of connection between the fans and the actual club after that sort of damage that Kenny Jacket did, I suppose, and that apathy that creeped into the fans in the club and their relation to football. I think that's really should be credited. One of the nicest guys we spoke to, generally, I suppose, in football, obviously came straight on the podcast to connect with the fans. Yeah, I'm a bit sad for him as a person, really. I think that's the first thing to say. But at the same time, Freddie, I think it's the right move, right? Yeah, it, it was just one of those situations where I didn't see it getting any better because it was multiple factors at once that were contributing to the poor performances. It started off with a bit of bad luck with injuries, the ball not going our way in certain scenarios, but then it turned into consistent poor individual performances, a lot of chopping and changing of tactics and systems, a lot of which didn't work. And that Charlton game, for example, to put it into perspective, none of the fans in the Fratton end believed that Pompey deserved to go into it at half-time one-all because we were playing off the park. Numerous numerous individual errors. Pompey become more direct, which didn't hurt, which isn't suiting the side at all. And unfortunately, it just seemed to be untenable. And well, it takes a lot for Pompey fans to sing you're getting sacked in the morning, doesn't it? So it seemed like there was no way no way around it and both the eyes is coming out on Twitter saying how much they loved Danny and Nicky's professionalism and their work ethic and everything else but they've both said the results are what they are and if they want to keep that um, that want for going after the playoffs then they needed to make the managerial change which they have done and yeah like I said earlier most people are sad it didn't work. They really wanted it to work. But I think in the end, there was no way around it, to be honest. It's quite interesting when me and Freddie spoke to Eric Eisner and Andy Redman at Portsmouth, at, at Fratton Park anyway. It was mentioned that a sporting director was needed to come in really to help make these footballing decisions, something that they you know, admitted that they struggled with, I suppose. And they wanted to be a little bit more hands-off with these sort of decisions. Andy, bringing in Richard Hughes, obviously, who has quite a, a good reputation for building a football club, etc. Would you think he has quite a big say in this decision that ultimately came to Danny Cowley and Nicky getting sacked? Yeah, you would imagine so. I think that you could certainly see in the second half of Kenny Jackett's tenure that potentially, I mean, I could, I'm just saying potentially, but that was dragged out far too long and... I think that they've had some time to reflect on that, or they've had quite a lot of time to reflect on that. And the the bringing in of Hughes and the sort of delegation of certain footballing decisions to someone with more experience in the English football sphere 
um, will have, yeah, will have led to him being at least a, a large part of this decision-making process. Uh, just as, as Freddie said, it's, it's just sad. And it's good to hear that Freddie did a, a once around the frat and end and asked every single fan if they thought that Pompey deserved to be level at halftime. Good bit of data collection from Freddie there in 15 minutes. Uh, but I think we have to remember, or I'm trying to sit here remembering how I felt when the Cowleys came in, in terms of my overall feel for the football club and in terms of my overall feel for my Saturday afternoons and my Tuesday evenings and the level of a weird mixture of apathy and anger, which don't really go well together because apathy is kind of a lack of emotion. But I was angry at my apathy towards the football club and the fact that we had someone leading the club who, or leading the team on the pitch who just didn't seem to, to get it. And the amount of legwork that, to be fair, both Cowleys did in the first six months of arriving at the club, it kind of reinvigorated a lot of positive feelings towards the club. And whilst it's very easy to go, yeah, it's a results business. And to be fair, it's, it's hard to disagree with the decision. And it is a results business. You have to say one win in 14 this year. And, you know, we had the same last year. We had a run of one win in 13 last season. If that's happening once every single season, you're not going to go up. You're at best going to scrape into the playoffs if you can go through a quarter of the season only winning one game, which has happened, yeah, two years in a row now. It's it's difficult to it's difficult to reconcile that, to be honest with you, because the the club is now finishing lower in the league and sitting lower in the league than than we did under Kenny Jacket. And for all that other good work, the league table is it is the be all and end all at the end of the season. That that's all that matters, really, um, or most of what matters. So yeah, very very sad. They I'm, I'm grateful to them for a lot of things uh, they've done since they joined at the club. And uh, yeah, I think they've they've done more good than than bad, but it's it's fair to say that it wasn't working out. They tried different systems, tried different player combinations. I mean, the second half against Charlton, how many players were coming on and then causing a reshuffle where the formation changed or a player stayed on the pitch and moved into a different position? You know, it was like they were rolling the dice every five ten minutes and trying something different, and nothing stuck. And I think that's the the sort of the final nail in the coffin for me. It was, wasn't it? I think when I was walking back home from Fratton Park, I thought about the first game that Danny Cowley was in charge against Ipswich, and how dynamic and how aggressive and how uh, and how aggressive off the ball they were, and their movement off the ball was excellent, and we were able to get a result out of that game. And then, if you combine that with the last game against Ipswich, where effectively we're sitting back trying to hold on to a two-one lead. It seems that the style of play that Danny Cowley worked so hard to implement had just broken down. And there are many factors for that, with bad individual performances reverting to type, but also lack of options at times and also trying things that didn't work. So, yeah, m- many reasons. Sad, I know. And I think the majority of fans are sad it didn't work. But unfortunately, you've got to look for a new manager now, which is, which in January, isn't always the easiest thing to do. Yeah, not at all. I haven't really got too much more to add. I think we sort of said, you know, what we feel from an emotional response to this. So it's never easy to look for a new manager. And I think at the end of the day, as you guys said, the style had sort of gone. It was a lot of roll of the dice and the players looked very confused what they were doing, didn't they? 
Yeah, I, I can't remember who it was. I saw someone posted on Twitter. It was a clip of our press, our high press against Cambridge. I think it was. It was a. I'm pretty sure it was Cambridge um, from the start of the season, and it's just unrecognisable to what we've been watching for the last few weeks. And it, it's kind of got a a feel of you know the king is dead, long live the king kind of thing, where you just have to put a line in the sand. It's very sad it's happened, and then you move on to you know you sleep on it, and then it's right. Who's the next manager? But that's the nature of football isn't it but yeah we go again lads we go again yeah and that that high press really falling off was really backed up with the data as well wasn't it you looked at things like passing for defensive action or ppda and it was just dropping sorry it was right raising but i mean the high press was literally just sort of falling apart and when you can't win the ball back high up the pitch at all and you sort of sit deep and that energy's lost yeah the writing was a little bit on the wall i suppose but i am shocked because i thought that they would ride it out to the end of the season. But it seems they're making what I think is a good move, a brave move as such as an ownership, and hopefully trying to save the season. Now, we'll see what they do in January. That's going to be another topic for another day on the podcast. We might need to revisit our transfer work, Freddie. So rip up that little bit of paper, which you write things on. Well, probably, I'm guessing, on your computer. You know, Freddie took inspiration from the Cowleys, and Freddie's got an iPad now. He does it all on (laughs) No, yeah, I'm gonna to have to re- rethink a lot of things because of well, picking players on like playing style for the Cowleys was one. We have no idea on that. It might just be a bit more simple looking at a player and thinking that would roughly work at Portsmouth. So I might have to do some swappy roundy. We'll have to see. Talking about players, playing style, etc. I'm gonna assume they're gonna want a manager to come in with a sort of clear vision, a clear playing style, and something he can come in and really implement quickly and stamp on the Stampy sort of mark on the team, etc. So, but you know, let's just get into it first, shall we? Let's let's get into potential new candidates for the Pompey job. Okie dokie. So we all know people like the bookies can have sort of you know hit or miss opinions, shall we say, on who should be the next ports of manager or managers in general. But the clear favourite at the moment, Lynn Richardson, former manager of Wigan obviously used to be assistant manager at Portsmouth as well under Paul Cook he knows the club he's clear favourites at evens at them currently departed Wigan on the 10th of November he won the league league one as well for Wigan to bounce back to the championship under new ownership on the final day of the season versus Shrewsbury it's a really odd one actually because obviously he was sacked only two weeks after being given a three-year contract at Wigan Something that hasn't really gone down very well for the Latics at all. I actually spoke to some guys at a podcast I know over at Wigan to get their perspective on it. Interestingly, I said, you know, how do the fans feel about it now? Apparently fans who were maybe calling for his head, he said that they're now crying into their beer. The system he plays, I know people talk about maybe it being a bit more industrial, not as exciting to watch, but... He still tried to implement a 4-2-3-1 formation, same as sort of Paul Cook. The players loved him from what he's you know spoken to players about. He just lost a couple of games and the ownership really just snapped a sense and made that decision to change it up, which I think is very, very odd right now. Can we have him back, please, is what he said. That's quite a lot of positives, isn't it, Andy? What do you feel is your initial reaction about potentially getting in Liam Richardson? Yeah, it's unusual for a board to sack a manager and have such a sort of a wall of disagreement from the fan base, at least on social media, as there was when when Wigan 
sacked Richardson a couple was it a couple of months ago now, just under a couple of months ago. And that says a lot. The the general consensus from the Wigan fans at the time was it was the decision from a, a board who didn't understand football essentially and had pulled the trigger after a few losses and panicked because they saw the team near the bottom of the table. And I'm not entirely sure what his current relationship is with Portsmouth. We know that, you know, Paul Cook's relationship was quite sour with uh, with a lot of the journalists and the fan base by the time, you know, he left the club. I don't know if I've ever seen so many snake emojis uh, as I have, as I did at the time when Cook left. So, yeah, it's entirely dependent on, I guess, his feelings towards the club at the moment. But in terms of a 4-2-3-1, it's a formation that we haven't really seen a huge amount of in, in recent times under the Cowley. So it would be a bit of a change of scenery. You'd say that we have potentially got the players to enforce that system. And it would be something fresh, something new. Uh, and it would be a mix-up after a couple of systems that just have not worked in the recent past. And it's whether or not the players would be able to step up and essentially learn a new system. But I would be quite content if he came back to Fratton Park. Yeah, out of the names on the list we're going to look at today, he would be near my top of the list, I think, if not at the top of the list of, of realistic targets, at least. He seems to be very well regarded. And there was a bit of a discussion that he was potentially, you know, hunted out by MK Dons as a replacement for their manager. Obviously, they sacked Liam Manning fairly recently too. We all know about that because they've got the manager bounce back and beat us. Whoopie doo. I've been told he wasn't that interested in taking the MK job. Another League One team, you know, you think, is that going to be different at Portsmouth for anywhere? Potentially. I think it depends on if Richardson sees himself getting another championship club straight off or if he sees a project in League One where they can actually develop into a championship side eventually. I had reservations about Richardson's football to start with. Then I dug a little bit deeper. He deserves a lot of credit from essentially building that Wigan side from nothing because he was obviously temporary charge under the previous ownership when they had literally no money playing academy players. And over two seasons, develops a side that won the league, which which is something that not many people can say. Some of his transfers were fairly solid. I'm thinking Max Power with 11 assists in that season. Jason Kerr, good centre-half. Jack Watmore, very good centre-half. James McLean, leader in the dressing room. Curtis Tilt, very good ball-playing centre-half. And then the season before that, he signed Will Keane, who ended up being their top goal scorer, 26 goals. So there's a record and a pedigree there. And then looking at systems, he's also played 3-5-2 in that League One season as well. So he doesn't just stick with the 4-2-3-1. Transfers-wise, my only reservation is Wigan had a lot of money that season. So we're able to push the boat out for players when not a lot of clubs in that division would have. And we know Portsmouth's more reserved approach to transfers than that over the last few seasons. So it would be a bit different for Richardson if he was to come in in that front and it depends how many how many changes he can actually make in January as well but out of a lot of the people in the list he's up there in terms of realistic appointment and I think he'd be very good in the dressing room as a lot of Wigan players are exceptionally sad to see him go so I think it would be a very reasonable shout to be honest Are we concerned about 
the fact that Wigan had no wins in seven when he got when he got sacked. I mean, let's be honest, the championship is a fairly difficult well, it is a difficult league. It's a very competitive league, isn't it? And after him being sacked as well, I did a little bit of just a little bit of basic research on it. There's a lot of games that are lost by one goal, really, after a strong start to the season for Wigan. Since Liam's left Wigan, they've lost the last three games 4 1 versus Middlesbrough, Sunderland, and Hull City, and what I'm calling the Northeast Tour. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, that sometimes making a change like that isn't always the best thing to do. Hopefully, we can appoint somebody who doesn't deliver those sort of results, I suppose, afterwards. But that sort of shines quite well, doesn't it, Andy, on what's happened after he's left? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, no wins in seven, but we've had one win in 14 in the league below. So, yeah, the the fact that he's left the club and it's, you know, they haven't really had a massive bounce, have they, at all? Uh, they continue to struggle and potentially things have got worse and it kind of validates the initial reaction from the fans to his departure. So, yeah, he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing, I think, at Wigan this season. And it, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a poison chalice maybe that he was inheriting there. And yeah, within I mean the whole one goal thing, it football comes down to small margins, doesn't it? And it sounds like he was on the wrong side of a lot of small margins there, which you could argue that was the case with the Cowleys over the last couple of weeks in a few of the games, I suppose, in, in terms of the Exeter game um in particular. But I I'd be happy to see him come in. He looks like he's a strong favourite at the moment. Uh, in terms of likelihood, I don't know if that, well, I'm guessing that's likely just based on the bets that have been placed. You know, who knows? Could be an appointment this afternoon and uh, and our podcast will be immediately outdated. Who knows? Indeed. And looking at the at the odds at the moment, it's quite interesting because number two and number three in the list that I've got down in the last two hours has already changed. So we did have Daryl Clark coming in, who we'll talk about in a moment as number two and he's now been taken over by Liam Manning who has come into the number two spot so let's go and have a look at Liam Manning I suppose first of all I'd like to say having a chat about the potential for Liam Manning to come into the club from what I heard he was actually looking to take a break out out of football he's been sacked fairly recently so that would be my only caveat to start this conversation I suppose that some managers don't want to jump straight back into a role. And my general understanding is that Liam was one of those managers. He's a young guy and he wanted to take a bit of time. But then again, I suppose sometimes you say that and the right job comes along and, and you make the move, don't you, Freddie? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hear it a lot from managers when they say they want to take a break and then the right opportunity comes up. Pros for Liam Manning, I guess. He wants to play a progressive style of football, which fits with what? Ideally, what Portsmouth would want to do, he would fit with the transfer philosophy because he, as he looked, well, alongside his successor, Russell, predecessor Russell Martin, look for young players who could build into a side who could then potentially be sold on for later or could be part of the squad for a long term. My caveat is MK Dodds failed to replace their best players in the transfer window. They, ro- they rolled a lot of dice. And they were up there with promotion favourites, but are now languishing in the bottom side of the division. There are arguments that essentially he just tried to carry on the work of Russell Martin that didn't work. That's something to consider. I think it's too risky of an appointment, personally, compared to some of the other names that are up there. 
Ali, before I get your thoughts on Liam Manning, I actually wanted to do what we do on the transfer podcast, which is a star system. And we're going to get held to account for this, aren't we? Less than 24 hours after it's happened. But I want to know two things, right? Out of five stars, I want to know, you think the likelihood of the manager being appointed. And I want to know as well, how much you'd like them to be appointed. So let's go with likelihood. Liam Richardson, please. Uh, likelihood four out of five. How much I would like it four out of five. Freddie? I think I agree with Andy on that. I'd go fours for both ratings, to be honest. Let's make that a clean sweep. So we'll move on. Right. Manning, Manning, Manning. An interesting one, obviously. He's a young guy, 37 years old. I, I thought the system in theory like to play that sort of 3-4-3 three, three, could actually work with the players that we've got at the moment. If that was the same thing that's implemented. Doesn't always go, does it? That the the manager comes in and necessarily plays the same system at each football club. Some managers will look at the players, assess them and decide what's best for the players they've got as well as what they're going to add in order to make them successful. Just a little bit of thing to say there. He has the Andy Cullen connection, doesn't he? There is that link there as well, that there's a potential that maybe he feels coming in with Cullen could be something that that works for him. What do you reckon, um, Andy? Yeah, potentially. You you see it a lot in all well, in all business, don't you? But in football that sort of better the devil you know it's it's a lot less intimidating to to hire someone that you've got previous experience with i would have some concerns over manning i mean the the start they had to this season was absolutely horrendous it was what it was t- uh, 15 points from 20 games i think and as fred said the the main issue there was not replacing the players that they lost it was you know players like scott twine that went and they just did not bring in anyone close to the same quality and it things basically fell apart there in terms of the relationship with the fan base. Uh, the only, I guess with Liam Manning, you're looking at the style compared to what we saw under the Cowleys. Uh, from what I've read, which is limited, but from what I've read, it's a similar sort of high press style that they try and favour high energy, high press and trying to play possession football. So one of our issues with the the team at the moment has been how the team has been sort of resorting to long balls or the split between the defence and the central defensive midfielder. And then the front four has just been, you know, 30 yards. And we've not been playing possession football out from the back, which which was the original, you know, the original plan. So I don't know how well it would really tie in. I'm a little bit iffy on this one, to be honest with you. But as you say, it's changing so quickly. That's that's changed to make him second favourite literally in the last 10 minutes. Um, because I've refreshed the page since we started and he wasn't second favourite when we started recording. So, yeah, less keen on this one, Hugh. Yeah. You could say high risk, high reward, couldn't you? Last season did exceptionally well with the team. His playing style was quite defined. But when we were talking about previewing MK, etc., their expected goals were pretty poor. Their chance creation was pretty poor. I don't know if Freddie's got the stats in front of him, but I just remember going through the preview there and saying that when we look at chance creations and expected goals, expected assists, the analytics were pretty terrible as well as the results on the pitch. So for me, it's going to be a pretty risky appointment. Fred, have you got those stats or shall I move on to the star? uh, I've got them Um, in terms of league expected goals. MK Don's rock bottom with 23.13 expected goals for 23 goals scored. 
So yeah, the least creative team in the league purely looking at expected goals. Which is a little bit worrying, isn't it? Let's be honest. For a team that can't score at the moment, for love no money, bringing in a coach who had the the team with the the lowest XG in the league is putting some some alarm bells up there. But then again, he was really highly rated for the start of the season. So it just shows how quickly football can change, doesn't it? Let's get going. Freddie Webb, I want to know your star predictions, please, for how much you want the manager and how likely you think it is. I think if they want him, it's quite a realistic appointment. I'd go with three stars for that. But what I would want, it doesn't fit. I'd go with two stars for what I actually want with him. Andy? I mean, the star, bearing in mind we've still got uh, Lee Bowyer and potentially Joey Barton to discuss, I think two stars is very low for Liam Manning. Uh, I would go likelihood three, three and a half, and happiness level three. I'm just concerned if we get 15 points from 20 games to start his tenure, like he had at the end of his tenure at MK Dons, we're finishing around the relegation zone. So that's a bit of a concern. I think we'd end up, how many points would we end up on if we got... Uh, 15 points from now 46 points we'd end up with so that's a bit of a, a scary thought that's less than a point a game over the season so how about you Hugh? I'm going to say he's a manager that would need to be backed because this team would need to be changed quite significantly in order to play what is a very heavy possession style football from MK and at the moment, with our movement off the ball, I'm not really sure we have the players available to play that sort of possession football. I'm going to go with three and three because I still think that there's something potentially in there with the manager. He has done well in this league before, so it's not like he's completely completely naff compared to some of these people we're going to speak about a bit later on. But at the same time, lightness. I'm going to say a three, but I'm going to say also with the connections we've got to him and the potential for him to step into a club that are already higher in the league than where he was before, you know, there is some serious sort of logical reasons there why it could happen. Let's move on then. Daryl Clark, who comes in at number three in the list. Current team, he's already employed at this moment in time. He is the first manager we're going to talk about who has a job. So the first thing to say about that is there needs to be some financial implications of that for getting a manager from another team. So that's just worth bearing in mind, I suppose. Port Vale are currently eighth in League One. He's 45 years old. Favourite formation is sort of a 3-4-1-2. So everyone who loves that formation currently, get your money on Daryl Clark. He's your man to bring in. Obviously, he managed Bristol Rovers before, Walsall. There's something to say about this, boys. Ellis Harrison has scored eight goals under Daryl Clark. Who says no? That silence speaks volumes. Yeah, I think this would be an interesting appointment. The question is, does he want to drop down from Port Vale to, to slum it lower in the league with a team like Portsmouth? That's the real big question here. Yeah, I'd like this employ uh, potentially as a uh, an appointment. You can't argue with his record uh, at Bristol Rovers. You can't argue with his record so far against Port Vale, who in theory, you know, as a newly promoted team, you'd expect to be languishing a bit towards the bottom of the table. And, you know, they're the highest of the promoted teams, I think, in, in League One at the moment. So very difficult to argue with it. And to be honest, you talk about Ellis Harrison scoring a lot of goals under him. Maybe the football wouldn't be overly pretty, 
And I know we say we want to play quick, attractive football, and it's a really nice catchphrase slogan. At the moment, Pompey need results. I think the method at the moment is less important. Pompey have got to start picking up wins or we're going to be sitting lower mid-table in about five, six, seven games time, if that. And, you know, actually looking down more than up, which we're not far off doing, which is quite a scary thought. But So, yeah, in terms of just needing results, very difficult to argue with it. I'd be quite pleased with this. Interestingly as well, how Port Vale play, they like to get crosses into the box using their wing backs, which could be useful for people like Colby Bishop, for instance, to get more goals for us. It's probably where Ellis Harrison's had a bit of success there. David Worrell, their right wing back, leads a team with assists with four in League One, followed by their left wing back, uh, Benning, who has two goal, uh, two assists sorry, um, in the league. So you can show, see where their goals are coming from. Assists from wide crosses into the box. That could suit us, couldn't it, Freddie? Potentially, yeah. And I looked at their pressing stats as well, and they've gone 8.48 PPDA, which is a proper high press. Um, another player who came in who I really liked, Ben Garrity, rock-solid centre midfielder, able to play the ball out from the middle to the wide areas, which is very nice. He's getting the, he's getting the most out of a team that are very sensible with their finances. They're a, fa- they're a fan... So I think they're a fan-backed um, board, I think, from off the top of my head. And I did like him. I did like his record at Bristol Rovers. He would fit a long-term project as well. He, he, he's been at a club for a long time to develop a system. Style of football, would it fit? I think there's arguments for and against um, with different things. And I think the question is, would he want to move? Why would he break up? something that's going very well at Port Vale, where his time at Walsall was was fairly disrupted. Why would he want to risk jumping from Port Vale to Portsmouth and uprooting uh, uprooting himself? I think that's one thing to consider. Because South Sea Common is beautiful in the sunrise, Fred. What else else could you need? I mean, Stoke. I mean, let's be honest. It's not really a... uh... How should we put this? Actually, I'm, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not I, saying anything. I, I, I completely I, I alienated. All, I completely alienated all of our northern listeners last week. I'm not going to slam Stoke as well. I'm going to let someone else come in. But well, yeah, Gunworth Keys what, outlets. <laughs> I mean, there's there's reasons. Well, Spinnaker's one my, beautiful. Um, one of my close mates went to uni in Stoke, and yeah, it, it, it's what you'd imagine. He said, "I've never been personally, so I can't say more on Stoke." To be honest, there's also the factor, isn't there? And Try not to be morbid, but his daughter, 18 years old, um, unfortunately took her own life back in, in February of this year. The club were very understanding with him. I think he came back actually into the playoffs and took retook over as manager. There is a bit of a, a concern for me that, you know, when an ownership backs you like that, you carry on, you do really well as a manager, you get the team promoted, you carry that form into the next season, into the league. That sort of has all the hallmarks to me of a manager who's probably going to stick to the project and show some loyalty back to the team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I I would think so. I think that was all the reasons why I thought that I didn't think he would move on from that point. I think you've seen from his previous track record that he wants to stay at clubs for long-term projects. So I don't see him upping and moving all the way to Portsmouth, really, for what many will see as a risky job where the, uh, the pressure is there immediately and the expectation is there immediately, especially since he sat down yesterday. Yeah. 
All right, let's get our star ratings going. But before that, I would say that, let's be honest, being the Portsmouth manager is a better and bigger job than being the Port Vale manager, isn't it? For all the little caveats and factors we said a minute ago, because managers are ambitious and you think if you could get us promoted, you've got a better chance of staying in the championship and whether Port Vale have that ability and he sees that is a very could be a big question because football is fickle and you only get quite a short run at it, don't you? It's not something that you there's not very many managers that really stick around that long. So let's get into the star rating. Andy wants to know your star ratings, please. Likelihood and how much you want him. Yeah, in terms of the football pyramid, you'd have to say Pompey ceiling in theory for the foreseeable should be higher than Port Vale's ceiling if they both achieve maximum potential. Uh, I would go likelihood two and a half, three. Uh, and a four for how happy I would be. I'd I'd be equally happy as I would be with Liam Richardson. Freddie? I think likelihood would be two and a half because I think he would probably want to stay at Port Vale for some long-term stability. And there is the argument that would Pompey really want to pay compensation for a manager? That's a likelihood as well. And for suitability, I think a strong three and a half. I think he'd be fairly suitable for ports of manager with the high pressing and getting the most out of players. I like how you introduced a really simple five-point scoring system for us Hughes to not make it too complicated and we've just started throwing in decimals just to really screw with you. Where are you putting him? I'm going to go with a likelihood two as I feel like he's that passionate manager who probably will show loyalty to the team he wants to, you know, that have helped him out through life decisions and how much I want him. I'm going to say three and a half because he has a bit more success than the Manning in recent times. And I gave him a three. So I'm benchmarking myself there and giving him a three and a half. All right, let's move on to the next person on the list, which is Chris Wilder coming in there at a meaty 10 to one. He is a person who, when we get to the replies, you will see that, a lot of Pompey fans want Chris Wilder to be the next Portsmouth of manager. He is not a manager that's going to be easy to attract to the club, in my opinion. Obviously, his last club was Middlesbrough. He was also manager of Sheffield United. He also got Northampton and Oxford promoted when he was there as well. Look, he was sacked from Middlesbrough you know, after two wins on the opening 11 games. After many tipped Borough to contend for the season, he had a successful cup run beating Man United and Spurs. There were huge rumours, though, about all not being very well behind the scenes of the club, according to the Athletics' Michael Walker, who's very tuned into the North East as well. He's wrote various books on football as well as being a sports correspondent for the Athletic. There was big speculation about a move to Burnley that was a big that he was seen as a step up for him. And when that speculation came, Wilder did not dismiss that speculation, which could have put that to bed a bit. And after Sean Dyche was sacked, Middlesbrough's form really, really dipped. There was a huge drop-off while that speculation was around. He eventually, over the summer, sort of made terms with the football club and then went into this season. And even though he had the high name, etc., after some poor form, I believe the club just went, do you know what? They don't think he's committed enough to the team and they decided to part ways with him, even though it's quite controversial with him being, you know, quite a household name with his success in the, in the Premier League, getting Sheffield United to, to ninth place. 
let's first of all talk about Freddie, the elephant in the room here. That's an ambitious manager who's managed well in the Premier League, who took over a job with a good team in the championship and then sort of wanted to potentially go to a higher championship team. Would you rule him out on that basis? Realistically, probably. I think he would see himself at the very minimum picking a championship team with a with a project and a plan to get promoted to the Premier League because he's finished ninth in the Premier League with that Sheffield United team, when, which nobody expected them to do. Has a strong record with transfers, even at Middlesbrough. A lot of the players he brought in are suddenly playing really well. Tuba Atpom, Matt Clark, Paddy, McK- Paddy McNair, Alex Mowat on loan as well. I think he would see dropping into League One as too much of a backward step, even if, even though Ports have has some name value and there's potential for a project there. I think another thing to consider as well is if he wants to establish a tactical system which is similar to what he had at Sheffield United with a, with a 3 5 2 overlapping centre halves, that's a long term system to implement when. When, as Michael Eisner said, he, the club needs a bit of immediacy with results. So that's also another thing to consider. And I think thirdly, he's had very, out of his last two jobs, he's had very public spats with owners, Middlesbrough, with the Burnley staff, but also at Sheffield United as well before he was sacked. Will the current owners who have had two managers who haven't been as outspoken as him want that in the in their boardroom, I'm not sure. Um, in terms of name value, and in terms of purely on transfers and a long term projects, I think it's a great option, but I just don't see it happening at all in terms of realism. Anyway, yeah, I'd echo most of that. I think it's most likely he'll hold out for a a championship gig because he has been rumoured with a number of jobs there. He was rumoured with the QPR job last month as well, who's one of the favourites for that before it went to Neil Critchley. So. I would imagine he's going to have more opportunities at championship level if he wants it. Again, I'd be happy with him dropping down. Uh, I think you're likely to get a new manager, to a, a new manager jump with him to start with, and you're likely to see some slightly unorthodox tactics. But I remember the envy I had when we were managed, uh, you know, watching watching him at Northampton Town when they tore up League Two, I think it was the season before we got promoted or before we won the league. It was 2016 they went up, I think. And I remember being extremely envious of what they were putting together. And and based off that, I would be quite excited. I just think it's beyond unlikely. I'm surprised he's so near the top of the list of uh, of sort of odd likelihoods on the betting websites, to be honest. Let's also mention the factor as well that Wilder would need to be convinced, wouldn't he, that he was going to have serious backing in this league to to get this team turned around and promoted. And I don't know if we're willing to give him sort of, let's be honest, Ipswich style checkbook open. You bring in who you want and we'll back you. Because I think that's what he would want to have if he was to drop down into League One. A sort of a clear path, I suppose, to get this team, if not promoted this season, which pretty unlikely let's be honest that next season he'd be given a significant transfer budget in order for him to get this team back into the championship which is where I think he feels he should at least be as a manager all right boys let's do it again Freddie this time three stars three stars I want to know your 
All right. Likelihood, please. And how much you want him? How much I want him? Four stars. I think long-term projects, I think would be brilliant. Likelihood, one and a half. I don't see it happening at all. Andy. Likelihood, two. How happy I'd be. Four. I'm going to go with a likelihood of one. I just think there's a potential for, you know, the personality reasons, there's reasons on the pitch, there's reasons for just the fact he doesn't really want to drop down into League One and how much I'd be happy with the appointment. I'm going to say four. I was thinking about saying five, but the reason I'm saying four is purely just because of the would he be the right fit here? Would he be backed or would he just get to the level where he's not given enough money and then he just basically feels he's been overpromised, and then we get the situation where he does the same as he's been in previous clubs, but, you know, allegedly, and just ends up sort of thinking, fuck this, I'm, I'm leaving and going somewhere else and he would get other offers. So I'm going to give that a four. All right, let's move on to Freddie's number one choice. He's mentioned him on previous podcasts and he's given me the face already because he knows what I'm going to say. Lee Boyer. And Freddie, I'm not going to do the uh, the blurb on this. You are because he's your boy. Yeah, I mentioned Lee Boyer. I think on hindsight, I said that in a fit of rage after thinking more, <laughs> thinking with more clarity and looking at things. Backtracking already. I see let's, that. Let, let's go through the pros and then the negative, shall we? Pros, strong promotion on the CV with Charlton. Played a very excellent style of football in a diamond. Strong transfer record. We're bringing in players like Christian Bielik, Lyle Taylor, Dan Prattley that fit the system. Also develops younger players who have gone on to do a bit better, like Joe Rebo. Then he got the most out of, to start with, a terrible situation at Birmingham City after Ito Karanka basically nearly got the team relegated, reconnected the fans with the, with the team to start with, apparently, from what I've read. Now we'll go on to the cons. I spoke with a friend of the podcast, Gabe Sutton, about Liam Bowyer. Lee Bowyer, excuse me. He has concerns with him not being meticulous enough in comparison to Danny Cowley, so the difference between the two would be too much. He's also had, uh, he's also had public spats with both ownership groups at Charlton and Birmingham. Bearing in mind, it was Roland de Chatelet's Charlton at the time and also Birmingham Sports Holdings Group who have essentially kept Birmingham as a lower mid-table side and have had lots of financial issues. So that's one thing to consider. Another thing, he might be too divisive of a character. So it could be a classic boom or bust pick. He could come in and if the dressing room disintegrates very quickly, that can lead to a lot of issues. I think there's, comparative to the list, I think there's there's a few more names that are more, have we're essentially better safe pair of hands. And is the risk worth it in comparison to some of the other decisions and some of the other players managers I'm looking at? It doesn't seem it. Even though looking at it purely from a football perspective, I think he'd be a reasonable appointment. I think there's too many doubts there now after spending some time researching with him and asking people who've been at Birmingham City as well. I think it's a realistic appointment if they want him, but whether it would work. We'll see. We'll see. 
Andy, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, fairly similar, funnily enough, Hugh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I don't really see too many pros to this one. I don't particularly want him near my club. And uh, yeah, I would put him sort of on a level with with Joey Barton in terms of the amount I would want him in my in my uh postcode. Uh yeah, I I spoke to someone who has worked with as a coach under him in the last six years. And uh, their response was, oh, God, you do not want him. And I said, dickhead. And they wrote, understatement with three exclamation marks. So I do not think it's going to go down particularly well with the playing group or the ownership if we pick him up. There's a common denominator in the issues between him and the boards at his different clubs. And the common denominator is him. And just to sort of caveat what Freddie said there about the playing style being a little bit what was the term used for it? Not, not technical enough or not intricate or meticulous Gabe enough. Gabe Sutton said his work wasn't meticulous enough. Right. So to sort of play devil's advocate on that, I think one of the issues we've had is that the players have struggled to be as meticulous as the Cowley system. I think they've struggled because it's been so meticulous. Having said that, that's not enough of a reason to get someone who is a proven dickhead in as a manager, as far as I'm concerned. And I would not want to be in Fratton Park with him there. Let's do the stars then. Let's move on. Let's be honest. I want to know, Andy, your star comparison, please. Uh, how much I want him? A five, obviously. Uh, no, one out of five, likelihood. I, I pray it's a one out of five. I think realistically, maybe a two out of five, but no, nah, no, thank you. Fredster? I think I'll go freeze across the board. I think freeze for realistic if they want him and free for I would like him in comparison to some of the other names on the list, but I think there's too much risk there now, personally. I'm going to go with a two and a two. There we go. I just I just got a feeling that I don't think the character fits, but I think they could get him if they want to. And yeah, I don't really want him near the football club, to be honest, but there are worse options out there. Scummer Atkins. I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> Atkins is uh, the same odds as Kenny Jacket at the moment, by the way, 33 to 1. <laughs> Bring back the king. <laughs> Jacket in. Jacket in. Manning's now absolutely slashed odds to 2 to 1, by the way. So he is now climbing the the ranks as he started the day at 16 to 1. And he's now just said, so maybe people are just putting some money on him. Let's be honest, he's how these things work. And people are looking yeah. at the connection there and putting two and two together, maybe making five. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Richardson's gone. Richardson has gone from one to one to six to four, so he's dropped down a little bit. I feel like this is some sort of like you know stock trading thing, but I'm trying not to focus too much on that. But it's just yeah. interesting, isn't it? We, when we're please talking. bet responsibly, ladies and gents, if you decide to put money on. Don't bet at all. <laughs> Fool's errand. Did that little like, I, gamble away, gamble away, please. Over eighteen, only bet what you can afford. Um, <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. Let's move on to another person, Darren Ferguson. The Mr. Peterborough. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen because he's probably holding out in case Peterborough needs a new manager. They're not doing that well, are they? You know, considering what we thought they could do, maybe he turns up again, the Peterborough Pirate, although he is available. What do we think about Darren Ferguson? He has got teams promoted, hasn't he, out of this league? They could look at him and say, He's got a proven track record of getting teams out of League One. Not as good in the championship, but 
in League One, Freddie Webb, is he the man to get this team out of the league finally? I don't see the fit myself, but that's more down to my own personal bias, I think. Um, his sides have gotten out of this division largely down to very, very good offensive play. Having proven goal scorers in the division, Johnson Clark Harris, for example, and playing a very attacking brand of football. And that brand of football has rarely worked as soon as they got out of the championship. So it seems to be too much of a long, a short-term solution for what the board would want. And I think also for what we would want. So really, I don't see it. I think it's too much It's too much of a short-term thing. I know Michael Eisen said he wanted immediacy, but you know how much they like long-term plans, don't they? They want that they're not just looking at the next two seasons, they're potentially looking at the next four. So... I don't see Ferguson being a good fit, to be honest. Andy, do you disagree with Freddie? Unfortunately not, as much as I do enjoy doing that. Uh, yeah, I think the Peterborough gig fell out with a decent number of the fans. He came into the role having some sort of X-factor players. So I think he came into the role when they had uh, Ivan Tony on the books, for example. There were some really high-caliber players for the league that they were sitting in at the time. And similar to Freddie, I have a, some personal biases towards him from his history. So I personally would not want him in the club myself. Let's do those stars then. What are you saying, Andy? Likelihood two. How much I'd want him in the club, two. Freddie? I think I'd echo Andy twos across the board. And I agree as well. How disappointing is that? Isn't it just it's boring when we're on the same page? There's no no like collisions of opinions, no berating each other, no calling anyone stupid. It's I mean I mean the, the difference with the Lee Bowie stuff was different enough, I suppose. Yeah. Freddie had to tone that down purely because he didn't want to go too wild with his predictions, right? I mean, he is more on track to get his League One prediction, which is quite sad. So I'm hoping someone comes in. You do in realize and how that. unhappy I am with that with that looking more likely. You know that. <laughs> Unhappy with a pinch of satisfaction, it looks like to me, Freddie. <laughs> no, he's shaking his head. Right, that's fine, Andy. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to go into what you listeners have said to us because there is quite a lot of content to get through right now. There's some initial reactions on people we thought could be likely or, or you know, what the bookies are saying. So let's go into what you guys think because let's be honest that's what's the most important part of the show and we can go through what you guys think so we put a question out to you guys it's pretty simple but you know i say this all the time so i'm going to go for my usual format tell us your reaction and who you want to be the new pompey manager finley messaged in and he said absolutely gutted didn't happen for them honestly feel the players and injuries impacted our form a lot however in the game it falls on the manager any player who hasn't been performing needs to take a hard look at themselves. Got two decent men sacked. It's fair to say, boys, maybe that the players have to take some responsibility for this as well as the as Danny and Nicky Cowley. There's so many individual errors, wasn't there, going on? That can't all be coaching, can Andy? No, I think the players have got to take quite a lot of flack for this. To be honest with you, they're the ones who end up being responsible for the results on the pitch. There are so many individual errors. You look at things like, you know, Griffith spilling that shot, um, that the rebound got scored the other day, or you look at, for some reason, I mean, we've not even reviewed the Charlton game, but for some reason, Sean Raggett committing a 100% to a block when 
you know, a left-footed striker is obviously going to cut back in on his left foot. There's, I still don't really understand why. Raggett pass. I mean, exactly, yeah. And you can't necessarily, you know, you can't allow for that when you're naming the team. He names his best 11 and, you know, we could pick individual performances to bits at the moment from the last few weeks and the players certainly have to take a lot of responsibility and I hope they feel like crap today. I really do. And obviously I hope they bounce back quickly enough to pick up results on the pitch, but I hope they feel guilty. I hope they feel responsible because they are and their lack of performances have resulted in two lovely blokes getting correctly but still getting sacked from from their role at the club. So, yeah, I feel quite strongly that they should be feeling like absolute crap at this moment in time. Tim Foot messaged in and says, despite the bad run of form, I think this is a mistake. Not only do we have to go back into rebuild, but we lose arguably the nicest manager and best ambassador the club has had in years. The thinly veiled criticism of the Eisner sealed his fate. However, please no, please no Richardson. Also, he said it was great to meet you, Freddie. A very hungover Freddie Webb at the game, who I believe was still wearing the same outfit as you were on New Year's Eve. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to meet Tim. And I do understand his reservations around Richardson with style of play. I really do think that. And looking at his one success at Wigan, I think comparatively compared to the other options, I think Richardson is up there, I think. And in terms of getting rid of an ambassador for the club, I think that relationship would have only soured the more it kept going because at the end of full time, I can't remember the last time I've seen vehement booze and sacked in the morning at Fratton Park. So I think that that sealed it really. I think you would have lost, I think you'd lost a significant amount of the fan base after that if they kept him and an increasing amount even further going into February, March, etc. Stephen Lane messaged in and he says, one name not mentioned much is Darren Ferguson. Three promotions from League One, attractive attacking style and no nonsense approach. Thoughts? Um, yeah, Stephen, listen to our thoughts from earlier on. See what you think. Interesting, you think that he'd be a good shout? Such a diverse opinion on who we should bring in at the moment in time. And there's definitely no right or wrong answer, especially less than 24 hours after the news has come. Michael Daishmesh's in, he says, gutted for these two. He seems like they had a plan to push the club forward. But based on current form, this had to happen. Got to take my hat off to the owners for acting fast. Playoffs are still achievable. Go get Big Sam. I mean, I can't, I, I hope you're joking, please. I don't see it myself. <laughs> Big Sam, Steve Bruce, co-managers, just for ultimate banter levels. Ladies of Portsmouth will be hoping that Steve Bruce is appointed after Freddie Webb came out and said he will go naked into Baffin's Pond if Steve Bruce is appointed. (laughs) Steve Bruce used to be a bit of a ladies man, didn't he? Coming out of, you know, nightclubs with girls on either arm and stuff. So there's a a few reasons there to be excited if Steve Bruce gets, uh, gets the job. Yeah, will you be going into Baffin's Ponds with Steve Bruce, Freddie? Has this been discussed already? Or I, I think it would be a lonely venture, to be honest. The Freddie Webb Steve Bruce Skinny Dip podcast special would be a hell of a, what would it be, like 200th episode or something spectacular. <laughs> I think it would give everybody an illness, to be honest. Freddie, we but... don't need... To... Actually, no, I'm not going to go down the STD joke route. Freddie, we don't need to go there. <laughs> 
We'll have to put that up on our non-existent YouTube channel if that happened. But <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. It got posted on once. We put the Mark Catlin interview on there, didn't we? And then never again. Yeah, yeah. I think we just did people a favour there with the video content. But Dave Hartley messaged in. He says, right decision. Gives the club plenty of time to appoint the right manager for league competition. Ignore the cup games. They're free hits. To coach the players into a functional side again. Sean Messin, he says, who I would like and who I think are different. Well, hopefully there, Sean, then our, our five-star <laughs> our five star analysis might have helped with that because you're on the same page. I think it'll be a younger coach that fits the track record of Cullen and Hughes' past. Someone like Ian Foster. Freddie? I know nothing about Ian Foster. No, neither do I. That's why I, I find think him. He's, um, he's head coach of England under 20s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's really all I know about. Really help with yeah, that, to be honest. Yeah, with you. In- um, England to Portsmouth. I think other young coaches that would fit a similar mould: Brian Barry Murphy at Rochdale, who was at Rochdale; Mark Bonner, current manager of Cambridge. But we're not we're not seeing those in the be- in the betting markets anyway. So Ian Foster was given the England under twenties gig in the with the responsibility of taking them in towards the under twenty World Cup in twenty twenty three. And honestly, if you don't sack off an under-20s World Cup managing your country to go and manage a Fran Park, then I don't know what you're doing with your career. So, yeah, but uh, probably not a likely one. It would be very out of nowhere, wouldn't it? That would be a a bit of a left field. Other more left field managers, what are you saying, Andy? Let's get a Welshman in, Michael Flynn. That seems extremely likely to me. Just, yeah, I mean, any Welshman, you know, if you get someone in with a Welsh accent, I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I've got no idea about that. But obviously, he's the current Warsaw manager. Has done all right. He was there in Newport, I believe, before as well, wasn't he? Did fairly well with them, but hasn't really been given a budget to to play with at Warsaw. They're currently ninth in the league. Outside bet. Not really not really my favourite, but there we go. Chris Hagrid messaged in. He says, I don't think it should be completely down to the manager. Some of the players are definitely to blame. The last game I went to is MK Dons and the players were ignoring certain players and snatching the ball off each other. I think a few dead weights need to be shifted. I mean, the marking at the back post and things like that was just absolutely terrible. Hopefully the new manager can come in and get those basics right, I suppose. so. Yeah, I, I actually was going to pick up on that from the Charlton game. There were a couple of times you could see the interactions between the players on the pitch was really poor in terms of the... Obviously, there was frustration because we weren't winning the game, but you saw Pack really having a go at Swanson for selling him short when he got so, uh, when he got sent off, which, to be fair, was fair. Even though Swanson for the rest of the ninety had a really good game, and then I think it was I think it was Jacobs that Rico Hackett completely went like verbally went at at one point as well later on in the game. The body language was awful. You could see it was pretty pretty toxic feeling in the group on the pitch. So I would agree with that that whoever comes in is going to have a serious job to do of how to bond the group together. And sort of from a psychological point of view, how they do that is going to be interesting because you, from from what we've seen of Danny Cowley, it's very much an arm around the shoulder. We're all one group. Let's kind of be positive and nice to each other. And it clearly hasn't worked. So I don't know what, what route you go down or if that decides what type of manager you bring in next, maybe someone a bit more stern. You go full Capello. And uh, see how that works out. It went well for England, right? <laughs> Talking about Stern, Richie Wu messes in and he says, probably unrealistic, but I wouldn't mind getting Warnock offered the job. Let's bring him out of, let's bring him out of, uh, 
out of retirement, weren't we saying? We'd get some good content, wouldn't we, Freddie? Uh, yeah, we definitely would do, but I think he said he's wanted to retire about three times and I think he's finally had enough, I think. But to get him all the way down to Portsmouth as well from where he lives, I think that's a bit much. Ah, when Johnny Ertel was on our podcast, he said that he was his most influential manager, didn't he? So that was about 15 years ago. But honestly, if uh, if he came down and we got to continue that, you know, that montage where he's doing his management, him versus Pep with the uh, with the gladiator music in the background, it's it's just a beautiful bit of uh, video editing. I'd love to see it. Although, to be fair, I'd love to see it at any club other than mine. So hopefully he gets a gig, just not a Fran Park. I'd love to see him out of retirement, having a break from fishing. Yeah, I think it is. I think I've got to agree with Richie. It's probably unrealistic and uh, can't see it happening. So I'm going to move on. Joseph messaged and he says his two choices would be Dean Smith or Valerie Nishmel. I mean, Dean Smith was actually one of the people which I wrote down on my list. Let me just go down there. He had a slow start at Norwich, didn't he, this season when he was sacked? Norwich were fifth in the championship. It was pretty surprising, to be honest. One win in four. Sorry, one win in five. Sealed the deal. He struggled to implement a consistent style was what Norwich said. They sat back a bit too much. They're playing a bit conservatively. They felt they had a squad that could compete. However, Norwich since then have really fallen apart and dropped down the championship table. Again, a manager that has managed in the Premier League. When you put those two stats together, he had a 28.6% win rate. But let's be honest, a lot of that will come down to his time in the Premier League. Freddie, what are your feelings on Dean Smith coming in? Is it realistic? I don't see it. Um, for a realism and a fit, to be honest, I think it, it seemed to be that he worked really well at Aston Villa due to just the fit of him being with the group for a long time. And it seemed like at Norwich, the relegation, then it just deteriorated since. I would have liked the Valerian Ishmael appointment, but I believe he's the current manager of Besiktas, so I don't think he would... I don't think he would want to move all the way from Istanbul to Portsmouth, to be honest with you. That might be a big ask, don't you think? Bersiktas to Portsmouth. I think we, I think that's one of the ones that we can write off, I think, don't you think, Andy? It'd be, a, it'd be like one of those, um, you know, you get the Wikipedia quizzes where people just write like the, the career progression of a player or a manager and you have to guess who it is. There can't be many out there who have done Bersiktas to Fratton Park as an immediate move. But yeah, I mean, we might get more flares into the ground, I suppose. Yeah, it sounds about as likely as a Paramount Christmas movie to happen in the summer that he comes into saves Portsmouth season over Christmas and gets us promoted again for <laughs> and saves the day. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. So, um, yeah. Anyway, cheers, Joseph. Richard Dobson mentioned and he says, surprised they have acted. But now is the best time. Bit of time to get someone in. Gutted didn't work for the Cowleys. He's a really top bloke. Hope it works out for him. Yeah. Echo our statements. North Wales Pompey messes in and said, the reaction to this says it all. Haven't seen any celebrations like we did with Jacket going. I'm sad more than anything and I hope they have great success going forward. As for the next, next manager, the North Wales Pompey, Andy, they want Liam Richardson in. Being unrealistic is Chris Wilder. Do you agree with your, your Patriots from, from Wales? I'm just buzzing that there's a North Wales Pompey. Um, both of my parents went to uni and Aberystwyth and I nearly went there. So I was nearly, you know, if I'd made the decision to go there for my undergrad, I could have been part of North Wales Pompey. Honestly, I was so excited that there was a North Wales Pompey. I don't really remember what they said, Hugh. So um, I'm sure I agree with it, though, because we all think the same way. What was their point? 
Richardson or Wilder being unrealistic? Oh, both of those. I'm Yeah, as I said, I'm completely on board. I knew I'd agree with them. Welsh people just talk sense. You can't argue with it. Yeah, if you can understand them. All right, let's move on. Matt Fuck says... Off. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Griffiths mentioned, he says, can't be Richardson or Ferguson as it's more than four syllables and doesn't fit the song Blue and White Army. Would love Chris Wilder, but I think he's above us financially now. Uh, Freddie, is that a requirement for all Pompey managers to be able to fit into the so-and-so's Blue and White Army chant? I, th- I think it's something we all have to consider, don't we? <laughs> On the top of the list, surely. Um, well, one one name that does, and it makes you feel like very 2010 for saying this name, but 2020, excuse me, for saying this name. A lot of people saying Daniel Stendhal, even though from when I last checked, he'd got sacked from AS Nancy after no wins in 10 games and was... AS who, sorry? AS sorry, what, Freddie? AS Nancy, the French team. Should we go with Nancy rather than... <laughs> I tried to put a slight French accent on it, but I'm cold. So Freddie, you're work. sitting there being Joey Barton, just chucking on a French accent. Ah, yes, AFC Nancy. <laughs> yeah, so he was sacked by them and then I watched a documentary when he, he was at Hearts during the COVID situation and their board moved on from him very quickly after six months in the Scottish Championship after they were forcibly relegated. So yeah, his stock has fallen off after that Barnsley promotion. I think we've done very well not to make more jokes there about who would play for AFC Nancy. I think we've all done very well there. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Let's move on. JV Rendell messaged in and he says, anyone but Barton? Andy, what do you to say about that? Spot on. Anyone but Barton. I'd rather Freddie, I'd, I'd rather Proudy took over than Joey Barton. I hold on a little bit there, right? No, genuinely. I, I, if if Barton gets the job, I'm not going to another game this season. I have that on record. If he gets the job, I'm not renewing my season ticket. Yeah, I think actually quite a lot of people would think the same. And let's be honest, apart from the fact that he's a massive knobhead in all aspects of life, we just don't want him at the club, do we? We just don't want the man anywhere near his club. Mark Chapman messaged in and he says, Harry, until the end of the season. Best manager and best football we've ever played. I knew someone would say that. <laughs> He's seventy-five. Let the man retire. Come let, on, let him let him live live, live out his life in sandbanks. He, 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 why would he want to move away from that? Well, to be fair, it's a commutable distance. I don't think that's our biggest issue. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, it's very difficult to sort out the um, the little bait from people actually suggesting Harry. I don't know where to draw the line in that. It's hard to tell. It's a fun little game to try and figure out if people are being serious or not. Yeah, of course it is. But we've got to discuss it anyway. Harrison Smith messaged in and he says, even Yerachik. He is Croatian manager and recently was most in charge of Serie B club, uh, Venice, basically. Venezia. What do yeah, we think? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know nothing about him. Oh, disappointing, Freddie. I thought you were sort of knowledge of CRB football would be extensive, but that's not the case. So let's move on again. Blah, blah, blah. More people want people saying that uh, Darren Ferguson still was a realistic idea. Norman Meshed and asked us if we can do a Twitter spaces. Maybe we'll do that. We just wanted to get this out straight away. He said he would join in. So this discussion is going to carry on, isn't it? So we'll have a think about that one for you, mate. Alfie John messaged him top candidates Liam Richardson or Daryl Clark Port Vale friend I'm or friend who sports Port Vale said he's really good as a manager really down to earth guy got us up to League One makes us play more attacking football than we used to so that's a very 
in-depth reference, obviously, but I wouldn't mind at all. Matt Penny, Dream, Dean Smith or Wilder, realistically, probably Liam. Let me just quickly skip over to Insta. Got a few things over there as well as on Twitter. Just to round this off, boys. Lewis messaged in and he says he thinks we're going to regret this decision. He earned his match against Tottenham. Well, I suppose you could say they could have played that game out, but you need to make a decision, don't you? You can't just keep him around to, so he can play the game against Spurs. Tyler messaged in. He said, really wanted him to do well, but this is the correct move. I wish him the best. Can't wait for them to explain what was really going on behind closed doors. Well, that'll be interesting to see. Maybe this medical staff thing will be cleared up from their point of view anyway. Now, they're too nice to do that before they retire. They're not going to come out and badmouth the club, are they, at this point? it would. They've got to keep their employment options open for the future. You get a reputation if you start doing that. As Zach much as mess- I'd like them to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach messes it and he says, higher profile managers like Sean Dyche. What are we saying to that? I don't think that's no, happening. No way he's dropping down to League One. I think I think he in one interview he said he's only looking at Premier League jobs. So I, don't, I, I put that's out of the question. Really, we have to wait a year and a half before coming to us. Then, more realistically, he says Liam Richardson, but he's concerned his style is too similar to Jacket. If results don't get better with his style of play, things is going to get toxic within the fan base quickly. Freddie, are you still concerned about that? Yes, with the direct style of football. Um, we'll see because obviously Wigan was his first job he might, he might adapt to what players we have he might be one of those managers where he'll focus a bit more on high pressing and crossing from areas closer to the box for example so that that reservation is there and it's hard to ignore at times but in comparison to other candidates on the list I'm not seeing many people who are above Liam Richardson to be honest with you Regan messages in and he says, obviously he's a good person, good for the club, etc. Manager-wise, he just wasn't clicking. It's a hard one. Unfortunately, all I can think is who the have they got planned? I don't know if they've got them planned at the moment. The manager search is apparently underway. I think Andrew Moon came out and said that they haven't got anyone lined up. So I'm not expecting an immediate, you know, immediate appointment. Just to note, I believe Simon Bassey has taken over training. There's some photos of him taking training at the football ground currently. So that's something to, to consider as well. Probably should have mentioned that at the start of the podcast. And Gator messages in and says, inevitable with the recent form, hope they ignore Richardson's past here and take the best candidate available that isn't a scummer, Atkins. Which I think is a nice way of finishing off everyone's appoint- everyone's opinions. Thanks everyone who messaged in. Sorry if I skipped you out. I did have to sort of read over some of the comments that were necessarily the same or or whatever, so we didn't repeat ourselves. And again, this is a emergency podcast we've done during the daytime. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'd love to hear some more feedback from you. This conversation is just going to keep going. This is not going to be something that, that stops now. And if anything happens, any news breaks, whatever, we'll be back with a further podcast to react to that. So. Poppy fans, let's hope for the right appointment. And until next time. Oh. Let's hope for the right appointment. Andy, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thank you. It means a lot to us when you thank us for coming on the podcast. So it's always nice. Uh, Yeah. Always good to do an emergency pod. Sad vibes. Bit despondent, mate. We go again. Hopefully, um, yeah. I'm hoping the Cowleys get another League One gig. I think they've 
they've deserved. I mean, Lincoln haven't won in five. They could go back there. But yeah, cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. Lovely to see you both. Freddie, same to you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, yeah, let's hope Pompey get the right, make the right decision, shall we? And until next time, about Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast at Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.